Petraeus Stuyvesant and Peter Cooper, BFFs. I am endlessly fascinated by New York City's more peculiar neighborhoods. The Roosevelt Islands, the Battery Park Cities, the Steinway Villages, the City Islands, the New Raffertonias. That last one is not officially acknowledged by the city of New York. Not yet. These neighborhoods are all uniquely New York in that they couldn't exist anywhere else, but at the same time don't seem like New York City at all. Their borders are distinct, frequently cut off from New York City at large, either geographically, culturally, or otherwise. In the case of New Raffertonia, the borders pretty much consist of the walls of my apartment. Minus the bathroom. The bathroom recently seceded. My latest neighborhood obsession is Stuyvesant Town and Peter Cooper Village. Or just Stytown, as Stytowners refer to it. Stytowners do not refer to themselves as Stytowners, however. I just made that up. Please don't tell the Stytowners. Stytown is a neighborhood. A town, even. Just north of the East Village in Manhattan. It's comprised of two adjacent housing complexes. Stuyvesant Town and Peter Cooper Village. ST and PCV. No one calls them that. Bordered by 14th Street to the south, 23rd to the north, 1st Avenue to the west, and Avenue C to the east. It's about 80 acres, all told, so about half as big as Roosevelt Island and a few hundred times larger than New Raffertonia. Precessation. Constructed just after World War II, Stytown was built to address the looming housing shortage in New York City. Unfortunately, in order to address the housing shortage, the city had to destroy the homes of about 11,000 people. Which sounds a bit counterproductive, I know. I assure you, had I been there at the time, I would have pointed this out to someone. The Gas House District occupied the 80 acres on which Stytown now sits prior to World War II. Named for the giant gas tanks that occupied the area, the Gas House District's gas tanks were no longer needed by the 1940s, and the rest of the neighborhood had seen better days. And smelled better days as well. What with all the dilapidated leaky gas tanks and all. So, 18 square blocks were raised to make way for Stytown. 600 buildings and four giant gas tanks worth. Replaced with the 56 brick apartment buildings and a crap ton of trees. All in all, 11,000 people were relocated to make way for about 25,000 people moving back in by 1947. Each of the 11,250 apartments rented for between $50 and $91 per month, which you just know some old lady is still paying per month for a three-bedroom. That bitch. Like most of the other peculiar neighborhoods with which I am obsessed, Stytown does not feel like New York City. Once you walk a couple feet in, because you can't drive in Stytown, the city disappears. Unlike Central Park, where even if you can't hear the city, you can always see the Manhattan skyline looming on the horizon, in Stytown there's none of that. Between the buildings and the trees, you feel wholly removed from the city beyond the Stytownian borders. Stytowners definitely do not refer to it as Stytownia. Of the 80 acres, only about 25% of those acres are occupied by Stytown itself. The rest is all green. It's quite nice. There are playgrounds, basketball courts, miles of paths, a big-ass water fountain in the summer, an ice skating rink in the winter, and old dudes playing chess year-round. They were installed in 1949. It's pretty easy to get lost in the place. I almost have. One time I encountered a pedicab driver who definitely was lost. The poor bastard. He probably died in there. While it is really nice, Stytown is not all horseshoes and hand grenades. Pretty sure I'm not using that correctly. It's not perfect. Peel back the facade and underneath Stytown you find its dark side. 
well, technically this being Manhattan, underneath Stytown you find a parking garage, but underneath that you find its dark side. Right from the get-go, Stytown had a dark side. The whole kicking 11,000 people, mostly poor immigrants, out of house and home was not a great start. But even after that, it wasn't doing itself any favors. For example, until 1960, the MetLife Corporation, who built Stytown, did not allow African Americans to live there. Frederick H. Ecker, MetLife's president at the time, said, Negroes and whites do not mix. He said that the aforementioned Negroes could live in the Riverton Houses, a separate but equal housing complex in Harlem, also owned by MetLife. So there's that. More recently, Stytown was front and center in the housing crisis, economic downturn, financial stock, global meltdown, mortgage bailout, bubble collapse, debacle. Thing. Back in 2006, MetLife sold Stytown to some real estate dudes for entirely too much money. About $5.4 billion, give or take a few million. And the real estate dudes couldn't afford it, resulting in the largest commercial mortgage default in U.S. history. Turns out Stytown is worth more like $1.9 billion. Whoops. So, yay, Stytown? Point is, Stytown has a few strikes against it. But it also has quite a few points in its favor. You can't put a price on old dudes playing chess. Sure, even though its location isn't as inexplicable as Roosevelt Island, or its bedrock as artificial as Battery Park City, Stytown has still earned its place in my awesome place to visit but far too weird to actually live there heart. I mean, unless that old lady in the three-bedroom dies and I can get in on her lease. I can do weird. 